everyone and welcome to another episode of Vet Chat and today I get to do what I kind of enjoy doing most with these podcast episodes which is just chatting to somebody about the journey their career has taken them on and I think it's so important as vets, as nurses, as vet students, as student vet nurses, as someone who's a teenager thinking about a career in the veterinary profession to look at the avenues that are available to us and it's safe to say that in modern times there are infinitely more avenues than we could have ever have even thought imaginable but today is someone who has well and truly made the most of her RBN qualifications so I'm delighted to welcome Claire Roberts whose current position is professional development manager at Linnaeus but suffice to say, I think 20 years ago when Claire qualified as a vet nurse, she probably didn't see that particular position on the horizon at the time. So Claire, it's boss to have you here for a chat. Obviously, I have got a significantly greater insight than many into your, um, your, your career windings as they have been. But I just wonder if you could tell everyone, go back way back when, if you... Yeah think about when you first thought about wanting to be a vet nurse and what was what was your driving force you know why on earth did you want to be a vet nurse way back when that's a big question thank, firstly thank you very much for having me I mean I it's a very exciting time to be a veterinary nurse and I I mean those many many years ago I suppose I actually left school at 16 and I went to work as an event yard groom and I earned £70 a week and I used to have to pay £70 a week to keep my horse there. So basically I earned absolutely nothing. I always wanted to work with animals and I think the science behind veterinary medicine was something that really interested me. So I probably joined veterinary nursing, a little, you know, maybe 18 years old, trying to find um, a position and it I wouldn't say it was easy. I wrote to many practices like lots of us have to sort of begging just for a bit of work experience or whether they had any training positions. First job I was interviewed for and I did get the job was would have meant that I would have had to do night shifts on my own in a kind of three-story townhouse and I was and still am scared of the dark and I remember saying to my mum I really really want to be a veterinary nurse I just don't think I could stay in the house on my own at, out of hours at night. And I actually turned the job down because of that, because I was that frightened about being in this sort of spooky little townhouse, really. And then I was given the opportunity, my first practice, and I got that training position and it was absolutely brilliant. And I loved every, every single minute of it. So first major revelation of today's podcast is that you're scared of the dark still. Still scared of the dark, yeah. You obviously got your foot on the ladder, and I think for so many of us, it's that first step on the ladder and that first bit of experience that we get in our careers is something that, I may be wrong, but compared to a lot of other professionals, I think it really resonates with us throughout the rest of our profession. Again, I could be wrong through our professional lives. You know, I still very much remember my Saturday job in Adams Vet in Liverpool with John Adams, who was a chap who was distinctly, possibly the quintessential dodgy dealer kind of chap, <laughs> but just a proper old school vet, like, you know, yeah. he was consults effing and blinding his way through them with a pipe, right? yeah. you know, so and so those things really resonate. But, you know, he gave me an insight into the veterinary world. If you had anybody in your career who has 
you know, being that, that person that stands out and just say, you know, because we all have those, well, at least I would like to think we all have those people that we look up to and go, do you know what? Like, if it wasn't for your involvement in my career, I'm not sure where I'd have gone to. Yeah, do you know what? There's been so like, there's been so many people on my journey. My journey has been quite varied. You know, I've moved along from c- clinical work. I've worked in college settings. I've been um, territory managers for companies. You know, I've I've done lots of different things. And you know, it's hard to pull out certain people. But there are people like my head nurse at PDSA. Her name's Di Pitsy Cotty. She's now actually a human theatre nurse. And that's where I made my first big mistake as, as a veterinary nurse student, where I overdosed a patient on buprenorphine quite considerably. I missed I, the calculation was wrong. I hadn't got it checked. I'd given the drug and I had this, you know, I just broke out in a cold sweat instantly when I'd given it. And I thought I've made a really big mistake. And I think the way she dealt with that situation and guided me through that and supported me that I was still in the reference range, what the side effects were, what to monitor, you know, actually sort of taught me from an early stage that we are only human and we will actually make mistakes, but it's whether we learn from those mistakes. So that she really did support me um, early on. There are too many people to say exactly who, but I've had a lot of opportunities in my career from a lot of people. They'll know who they are. I mean, I did, I would say I, I hunted down opportunity. So I was always looking for opportunity and, and more responsibility. I worked for Goddard Veterinary Group for a long time and they really built me up my career from starting as a, a nurse to a, to a head nurse to looking at education within them. I was an assessor, internal verifier. I supported the regional managers. So all of these opportunities sort of build you up within your career. So what's been the the low points of your career because we all go through those times where we look at it and go do you know what I could just jack this in go and work in Tesco's and have a lovely time has there, has there been any point that you've just thought nah I can't be doing with this yeah there's a guy to be honest not many I've, I've really been very very fortunate there's a couple I was in a practice that maybe didn't suit my outlook of what how I wanted my career to be maybe didn't align with my standards of care which I struggled with and then it actually occurred to me that actually it's okay to move on you know some practice will fit you better than other practices and you know if something that's really important for you for example post-operative pain relief if that's something you're really really keen on making sure your patients have and you're working in a practice that you know doesn't have the same values as you for some reason sometimes it's better actually just to find a better fit so I think there was a situation there which I struggled with another kind of situation when I was heavily pregnant and I was working in referral and it's quite physically demanding the role that I was doing and I could see more and more that I wasn't able to do that role and I found it quite distressing that I was entering a new phase in my life that actually, you know, going to restrict the amount of hands-on nursing I was going to do. Would I be able to come back full-time nursing? And I found that quite difficult. You know, now my kids are older, you realise, you know, after the event that life returns to normal, you're back to work sooner than you think and and enjoy that, you know, enjoy that time with, with your children if you can for as long as you can because... The job's still waiting for you when you get back, really. But I remember struggling quite a lot about having to go on maternity leave, 
I had a head nurse role at the time and I was thinking, oh, you know, I'll have to come back for the part time. I'm not going to be able to take on that role again. And I found that quite difficult. I think that's a, that's a really fascinating insight to that side of things, because, of course, there's this automatic assumption in modern society that when somebody's pregnant, that, you know, they're just really, really looking forward to the maternity. But actually, for so many people that do what we do, of course, there is that representation. And of course, there is that number that go, oh, God, just, I can't wait to get off. <laughs> I think those of us that have been through it, and I can only comment on this from the male perspective, but can certainly look back through those um, pre-partum rose-tinted glasses and go, uh, oh yeah, uh, full-time work is probably a stroll in the park by comparison to parenting. But, but I think it really is that fascinating insight that actually a lot of us really, really love what we do. And I think yeah. it probably sadly fits with the, the, the high rate of burnout that we have across the profession because people give so much in and of themselves to their careers to the extent of you know, their own physical and mental detriment at times. Yeah. And what, what did... What did becoming a parent and, and going through that little bit of a sort of time out and life transition phase, what did that teach you? And were, were there any learnings that you could take from that that you sort of got, actually, do you know what? I can use that in my vet nurse life. So I did struggle with the lack of sort of financial independence that comes with not working full time this sort of freedom to kind of do what you want pick up the extra shift stay like stay late to nurse those really interesting cases that you want to get stuck into you know I did struggle with that but along with that comes a different sort of development I became more patient um, in life as, as general I, I realized that actually not everything has to happen now and I also realized that you can pick your life back up a few years on and you can still develop yourself and, and drive your career forward. And actually it was having children that spurred me on to set up Synergy CPD, which is obviously the CPD company that I set up about 10 years ago. So my daughter's about to be 10. Um, and I set that up really, it was supposed to be a bit of a boredom buster for me. I was feeling a little bit crazy. I was working one day a week still at Anderson Moore's veterinary center which I loved working there and I was still working one day a week but I just said you know I'd just like to be able to get out the odd evening a month maybe and that's where you realize that the veterinary community is really small and really supportive because when you said those people that have sort of had an impact on you you know my first bookings for Synergy were the people I worked with before who booked me and had me in and I made some terrible mistakes on costing I think the first course I ever did all of the money that I that I charged went out on the printing costs so that was a real like that was a like an immediate learning curve okay you need to reevaluate what you're charging but I was supported by those people that had seen me on my journey in my nursing career and I was really meant to just do synergy maybe one or two nights a month bit of pocket money get me get me out the house and it just took off and it's and it grew and grew to what it is today really and of course you've got your own premises with synergy now well we don't anymore actually thank you covid very much and so yep the, the, the venue was opened just over a year ago we closed it about may time we couldn't have people in the center so 
we close it. In, in all honesty, I didn't overly enjoy having the venue. And that's another thing you learn in life. It's okay to try something and realize it's not for you. I loved the people that came and I had an extremely supportive group of nurses and vets that came regularly to the sessions and I got to know them and I'm forever grateful for them making it what it was. But I did everything, you know, I did the venue, the catering, the washing up, the setting up, the printing, sometimes the lecturing, the clearing, you know, the bookings. And, and actually, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. And I think that's okay in life to say, I've tried it, it didn't work. And COVID really sealed the deal with the fact that we couldn't have any more people in, on site anyway. So, yeah. Um, um, you know, again, it's the, I, I guess a lot of people react differently to the different challenges in life, but it's the, you know, you can, you can take defeat and you can sort of go, okay, well, there's nothing I can do about this. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But of course, you know, your, your investment in yourself in your early years of your career and then your development of synergy has obviously made people sort of stand up and gone, hang on a second, who's this and what are they doing? And, and it's interesting. You touched earlier on, the pricing with your early CPD and the fact that you lost all of your, your stuff, so it gave you an opportunity to evaluate what you charged for what you do and actually yeah. value what you do as a service. And yeah. something that I'm seeing increasingly regularly, and Joe Public will have a different opinion on this, is that practices are starting to charge for vet nurses' time which I think is a fantastic endorsement of the value of the vet nurse to the practice. Because yeah. I always thought previously that, you know, frankly, this, um, oh, well, go and see the vet nurse, they'll do it for free. You know, there's still an inherent cost to the practice. And, and yes, it was utilising the skills of the nurse, but the, the owners weren't really getting an insight into the value that that nurse was bringing to them as a person. And I just wondered sort of what your take was on how the role and the importance of the vet nurse has evolved. I mean, for me, I look at the, the mindset towards vet nurses a decade ago and the mindset towards vet nurses now. To me, the only consistent is that most new grads are still absolutely petrified of the veterinary nursing team because they know that if they don't get them on side, life could be a little <laughs> bit bumpy. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're still some way to go, but I still I think we're heading in the right direction. It's an exciting time. We just had to look at the number of people that stood for being council last year, the number of people that have been standing for BVNA council. There's a kind of activity of of nurses that are now prepared to put their self forward and represent their profession. I think we still have a way to go out in some of the in some of the practices across the country. Nurses definitely should be revenue generators, but for us to be revenue generators, we need to understand the financial situation within the business that we're working in. And you know, I'm a strong believer that there should be a veterinary nurse's voice in every discussion within the practice whatever that discussion's about whether it's about patient care whether it's about finance whether it's about development there should be a veterinary nursing voice within those discussions and I'm not sure we're there yet for everybody but it will change yeah and certainly you see you know there's some practices that are very proactive and there's some practices that are and um, will go with the PC response of less proactive but where do you where do you see that role for vet nurses sort of evolving? Obviously, you know, you're quite heavily involved with the likes of Vet Nurse Council and, and things. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, you know, really sort of highlighting the importance of the vet nurse to, to each and every practice. But where, where do you see that role evolving in the years to come? So I think, obviously, now my focus within Linnaeus within professional development is focusing more on the primary care nursing. And there, there is a different, we're a different, it's a different breed. We've got referral nursing, we've got primary care nursing. And we're very keen to make primary care nursing a, a sort of a specialty within its own right because it encompasses so many areas where, where the primary care nurse can really be utilised and help drive business forward. So, you know, I'd like to see veterinary nurses that do an advanced qualification to actually be able to utilise those skills. It's still quite frustrating for us as a profession to, to take on extra qualifications to be skilled in other areas but they're not resulting in us being able to apply them into the into the practice so I'd like to see that changed I definitely like to see the role of the clinic nurse being a, you know a core member of the team rather than oh you're on the clinic nurse roads today mm. you know clinic nursing is a specialty within its own right and with the, the right nurses running your clinics has a huge impact on bonding clients to the practice, but also generating a revenue. So I know there's lots of clinic nurses out there doing a great job, but I think it needs to be more of a key role in, the, in definitely in the primary care setting. Yeah, and like you say, I mean, there are so many strings to the, you know, the proverbial bow of, of yeah. vet nursing, especially in GP practice, you know I mean? It's almost the, I think easier is the wrong term when you're looking at referral stuff, but at least you're much more kind of, focused on that okay yeah. this is my role in this area no sort of having yeah. worked in in referral teams before where you know you've got the referral team and you've got the the, the primary care team yeah and um, you know those roles are whilst you're still under the banner of vet nurse they are seismically different in terms of you know what yeah. goes into them I mean, you know i i personally look at my own career trajectory and go all i ever wanted inverted commas was to be a good gp vet yeah, um, and I love that because I, frankly, I couldn't cope with the high stress of the, the referral stuff and the pressure yeah. that goes with that. But but there's obviously people that excel on that, and of course, as vet nurses, there's this plethora of of personalities, of objectives, of interests. Uh, but but obviously, there's people that that get into careers that that maybe sort of feel a little bit lost on that particular path at time and. You know, what would you say to people who are looking at their vet nursing journey, whether they're, you know, pre anything, whether they're students, whether they've qualified recently, whether they've been doing it for 30 years and they kind of got there going, you know, what, what do I do with this? What, what sort of, what would you encourage them to do as individuals? So I think you need to have a plan of, of where you think you want to be and what you think you want to focus on. I think that's really important. Don't, you know, don't necessarily be feeling like oh, I've got to do a course in that or I've got to do a course in that or you know think what what do I actually want to do am I in the right practice to do that so if you want to be um, I don't know for example an oncology nurse then you're probably not going to be in the primary care setting but then if you want to do focus on clinic nursing for example you're probably not going to be in the referral nurse setting so find where you should be and find your niche and try and develop that within your within your practice so if you've got a really keen interest in anaesthesia, looking at trying to find a way that you can harness that for the benefit of your patients and then help drive the sort of level of care that you can provide within that setting. 
I think it's difficult not to get stuck in a rut in any profession, not just not just veterinary nursing. It's about constantly re developing ourselves you know my husband's always saying you know what you're doing another course yeah yeah i'm doing another course because i because i really enjoy it and and that's it keep learning keep developing being a practice that fits you know what what you believe to be important to you surround yourself by people that actually want to pull you forward with them which is really really important you want to have you know leaders in front of you if you're sort of newly qualified or or recently qualified nurses you want the people above you to be pulling you up along your career and if you find you're in a practice where still you're you know you feel like there's nowhere for you to go or progress it it can be quite frustrating Mm. and what what sort of looking back obviously you've had multiple different hats that you've had the opportunity of wearing through that but what's what's been your favorite role so anything to do with sort of sharing knowledge has been, you know, I love teaching. And I think that's something that as I move into the professional development role, just to be able to redirect what teaching that will be, because it will become less and less clinical. That That's the reality. And that's something I have to deal with. You know, I'll find that challenging that, you know, I will slowly move away from clinical teaching, but I would still like to be able to then teach sort of about, development and leadership and and team growth and optimization of your teams all of those sorts of things so I think anything where I can sort of maybe just make other nurses understand things in a different way I you know I whenever I kind of lecture I I can I remember not remember I remember not knowing and I think it's really important when you try and teach people is to remember what it was like to know nothing at all and then build up from there. And I really enjoy that part of it. Yeah. And I think for me, it's always great when you see someone nail something and you think actually, you know, you've had a little hand in their development. You may have been like nowhere near the case. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you see, <laughs> I always find myself going to hide when you can hear the hyperactive, uh, the hyperthyroid cat in, in the consult room and you sort of go, oh yeah, I'm, um, I'm busy on a phone call at this moment in time. And you see, you know, student, you know, student nurses just genuinely amaze me because they are so keen to, to prove themselves for the most part. And like, you know, you just sit there and you just think you have to take your hat off because circumstances that I look at, you're like, you're genuinely taking your life in your hands with it. <laughs> yeah. And you have held it brilliantly. And you think, you know, maybe as a profession, we're not, um, we're, we're maybe not good enough at, at just saying, Do you know what, you've done a brilliant job. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know if it's a British, I don't know if it's a British thing. We talked about this the other day, you know, to be able to say, well done. It's not, it's not that natural to some of us just to say that was a great job or, you know, often we, we've, we will pick people up on maybe where the downfalls are where things could be done slightly differently but it's trying to remember to say well done great job and I think on the point you said about student nurses again within my role within Aeneas, we really you know we cannot forget the PCAs the ACAs the ANAs you know this is a this is a group of, of the profession that without them actually our nurses can't be fully utilized they are a career within their own right and it is something that you know we're really really keen that they are developed within their roles whether they want to go on to nurse training or whether they want to you know specialize as a PCA that's really important not to forget that kind of group of the team 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is, it, it is, I think it's funny, really, isn't it? Because we live in a society where everybody thinks you should constantly be looking to where your next level is. And actually, you look at it and go, you know what, I'm, I'm quite happy on this level for the minute, thanks. And actually, this is me doing what I want to do. I don't want millions of pounds. I don't want this. I don't want that. Yeah. I just want to be able to do my job that I enjoy, to go yeah. home and enjoy my life. And I think actually there's there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, like, I, I think I, I literally have someone in my mind's eye at this point who I've worked with in practice who's an animal care assistant and she turned to that profession in her late 40s. Yeah. And she was like, well, I've had my kids, you know, my mortgage is paid off. You know, this is what I want to do. And, yeah, and I've worked with a few people that have left pretty, um, like completely different professions, like uh, someone that was a solicitor, someone that was a police officer, and they came to sort of do an animal care role because they, you know, really because they genuinely want to just work with animals, which, which is great. Yeah, I think, yeah, again, I use the hypothyroid cat analogy of, yeah, you give them five hypothyroid cats back to back and then let's see how much they want to work with animals. <laughs> um, but it is, and I, and I think, you know, it's a real testament to the fact that actually, you know, sometimes we do maybe need to just pause a little bit and go, do you know what, am I doing something I, I enjoy? If I'm yeah. not, great news is, and you're, as is very, very clear from your CV, testament to the fact that, you know, if there's something you want to pivot into, if there's something you want to get a bit more interest and experiencing you can go and do it and, and the vet nurse qualification is a a massive door opener for that yeah awesome well claire it, it's great to chat it's great to have a little bit of insight into you know what what somebody else who's got a vet nurse qualification has done with their careers i'm just going to ask you to close with a little snippet of advice to anybody who's looking at you know what their career may have in store for them not to put you on the spot or anything. No, thanks for that. No, I would say that for anyone sort of joining the profession now or thinking of joining the profession, this is an extremely exciting time for you to be doing so. I know that if this was where I was setting out on this career path, I would be really excited about the opportunities that you know, being developed a little bit behind the scenes, but they're getting there of how you know the progression is moving forward. So I think... This is definitely a career for life. We just need to be able to position ourselves where we can start to maybe um, ask for the kinds of salaries that allow us to keep in the profession for life. And that's going to happen by us actually starting to sort of generate an income to the practices. But we're definitely getting there. And I you know, genuinely can't wait to meet all the new people that join the profession. And I think especially if you're work, working at Linnaeus, I'm fairly sure you're going to come across, Claire, in months, weeks, years to come. <laughs> you uh, don't get a choice. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> whether you want to develop your clinical career or not, you're going to. Uh, and it's great that you've got people who are willing and wanting and passionate yeah. about teaching you. And I think, you know, the profession needs people that are going to, going to help um, empower others throughout. So Claire... It's great to chat. Keep up all the good work. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of the exciting developments at Lene yeah. and with that nurse careers and futures in future. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Cheers. See you later.